Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 are you willing to do the smallest thing are you willing to be obedient in just the smallest thing welcome to core truth radio a radio ministry of core church los angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Then again, we will move over to Acts 19. But I entitled this message, Being Left. Have you ever been left behind? <laughs> I think it's happened to all of us. You ever been passed over? Someone else got something you didn't? You ever been forgotten by someone? I think we all have at one point. Maybe it was something you were really looking forward to, a special event, or some other event that you thought you were going to. But instead, you got left out. Or there wasn't enough room for you. Uh, They were one ticket short. And you got stuck at home for one reason or another. This happened to one of my daughters. Uh, It was back when DC Talk, the Christian band, was super huge. And they were playing at George Mason University back in Virginia. And a friend of mine had given me some tickets to go. And my daughters were all DC Talk fanatics. And I only got two tickets and I got three daughters. And there was no more tickets to be had. They were sold out. It was a sold out show. And it's like, oh my goodness. So, well, the two older daughters got to go and the younger one was just, oh, poor Mary. She got worked. She got left behind. But I remember about 10 years after that, Michael Tate, who was one of the guys of DC Talk. I had brought him out to Harvest and you know he was playing at Harvest and so he came over to my house for lunch and him and the band and so my wife made them all lunch and and I was telling the story how you know this one that Mary was there I go she didn't get to go to the DC Talk concert and one of the band members said well maybe you didn't get to go to that concert but you're having lunch with Michael Tate at your house and so she's like yeah this is better but uh Yeah, sometimes it comes back around. But yes, I think we've all been left behind at times. I hate when that happens, when you're physically left behind, like Kevin on Home Alone. Okay, you remember the family went on vacation. They took everything on the trip except for Kevin. Poor Kevin, he got left behind. Well, one thing for sure, nobody looks forward to being left behind. And the same probably went for Paul's young son in the faith. As we look at here, Timothy tonight, he was a young believer. Paul called him his son in the Lord. And he not only loved the Lord, but he had a desire to please the Lord. And he did this by serving the Lord. 
Now imagine young Timothy here being asked to travel with the Apostle Paul. Could you imagine that? I mean, he gets to live alongside of Paul. He gets to hear the Apostle Paul preach the gospel from city to city, proclaiming that Jesus was the Christ, that he was the Messiah, that he was the long-awaited Savior of the world. Could you imagine listening to some of those messages? Because he Apostle Paul, formerly known as Saul of Tarsus, was a Pharisee. He was trained by Gamaliel, one of the most noted rabbis of the time. He knew the scripture inside and out. I would have loved to have heard some of those messages as he would proclaim Christ as the Messiah from the Old Testament. Yes, imagine standing next to him as he would debate some of the greatest theologians of the time as he stood in the synagogues week after week debating the Pharisees and pouring over the scripture. Timothy was a witness to it. He watched it all happen. Oh, how he could preach, that is, Paul, Jesus to the heathen Gentiles also, how he would persuade people to come to know Jesus, even as he did with King Agrippa. It's like Paul would persuade them. It wouldn't be just like, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Uh, no. Okay, I'll never talk to you again. No, Paul would get in there, and it would be like, talk a little here, talk a little there, talk a little more, talk this, talk that. And I remember, you know, when I was working in the secular workforce, that's what I would do. I would just keep talking to people. I'd just keep talking like, hey, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. Then the next day comes, I'm talking about it some more. And, then, and, and there was times after just sharing with people that would first reject me and didn't want to hear from me, I would keep sharing with them and sharing with them and then sharing with them some more. And like the Apostle Paul, it's like sometimes you would just persuade those people to come to know Christ because you just kept sharing with them. And then they would have questions like, well, I don't believe because of this. And then you're like, oh, okay. Then you go find the answer to what they're talking about. Say, well, you know, you said this and you don't believe this, but this is what the Bible says on that. And, you know, this is actually what it really means there, not what you said it meant. And, and, and after people hearing and, and debating, and some people are persuaded. I was in Love Park in Philadelphia one time, and I was talking to this young college couple. And, and you know, when I first walked to them, I go, hey, how's it going? I'd like to tell you about Jesus. They're like, uh, no. And you want to think about that a little bit? Uh, no. And I go, well, how come? And then they, I, I don't even remember what they said. They gave some reason. I was like, well, it's really funny you should say that because, you know, this would be my response to what you just said. And I said, and they, huh. So then they started listening some more. So then they asked me another question. I said, well, this is what the Bible says about this. I go, it doesn't really matter what I think, but this is what the Bible says about that. And they're like, huh. So then they asked another question. We talked for like an hour and 45 minutes. They both did not give their life to Christ, but they thanked me. They said, no one has ever explained this to us before. Thank you for sharing with us. It's like, and I, you know, and I said, of course, you know, hey, well, why don't you give your life to Christ? And they're like, no, but you've almost persuaded me, they said. You know, and it's like, so their perspective on Christianity completely changed from me just continuing and pursuing that conversation. And at first it seemed a little, you know, like, okay, get out of our face, but after about five minutes, you know, they, they stayed. They wanted to ask questions, and it ended up being a really good conversation. Well, look, tonight as we look into the peak, I should say, into the book of First Timothy, let's look at our first point left behind as we read together in First Timothy 1.3. It says, 
as I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, he's talking to Timothy now, remain on in Ephesus. What? You mean I'm staying here? You're going, I'm staying? Remain on in Ephesus in order that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. Wow. How'd you like to hear that if you were Timothy? See, Paul had work to do in Macedonia. But there was a great work already started at the church of Ephesus. But just like today, as soon as the Lord starts moving in any place, a church, a city, anywhere, in steps the enemy. Here comes the devil to try and stop the work of God. And this was the case with Ephesus. And that's why Paul, he wanted to move on but he didn't want to leave these people by themselves. So Paul left Timothy there behind so that he could pastor this new up-and-coming church. For there were many problems that were springing up, most notably, according to verse 3 and 4 of 1 Timothy there, that certain men were teaching strange doctrines that caused speculation instead of furthering the gospel. Yes, these false teachers were few in number, but they caused a lot of heresy by their influence. There was an incredible moving and a work of God happening, and it started with some disciples in Ephesus. Now, Paul, on his third missionary journey, he stayed there pastoring this church in Ephesus for almost three years. So he was there for quite some time. But listen to what happened after he had been faithful in teaching God's word there. We're told in Acts now, if you want to jump over to Acts chapter 19, picking up in verse 11, it says, And God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. Like, wow. So, you know, people would just, you know, like they take a handkerchief and touch it on the apostle Paul and then they would go lay it on the person that was sick and they would get healed. I mean, you talk about the moving of the Holy Spirit. It was huge there. So you could say that, Paul was in the zone, but it wasn't so much that Paul was in the zone. It's just God was doing a work and he was willing to do it. The apostle Paul was willing to go and to do and to be what God wanted him to be. He was serving God, you could say, with a wholeheartedness about him. He he gave it his all, you could say. And so God was blessing that and doing the outrageous through the hands of Paul. See, people, again, here were getting healed. Demons were being cast out. People were being set free from the things that used to bind them. Imagine for a moment what could happen in your life or my life here, our lives together, if we truly gave ourselves over to the will of God, to his Holy Spirit, that every time he impressed on our heart to do something, to say something, to go somewhere, that we actually did it. And when God starts to move us in a way to see if we're ready to be used for a big thing, because I think some people would say, 
Yes, I want to be used for the big thing. Yes, give me the limelight. Let me be used for the big thing. Let me be on a stage and speak to 10,000 people in a stadium or something or 50,000 people, whatever. We, we like the big thing. But the way the Lord works in every one of our lives, mine included, is are you willing to do the little thing? Are you willing to do the tiny thing? Are you willing to do the smallest thing? Are you willing to be obedient in just the smallest thing? Can you just tell your boss that Jesus loves him? Could you just tell your boss like, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Praying for me? What does that mean? Well, I believe that there's a God in heaven and he loves you and I'm praying that you could come to know him. Are you willing to just do the smallest thing? Are you willing to like, when you're walking across a church parking lot and there's trash there, are you willing to just pick up the little piece of trash and put it in the trash can to beautify your church? Are you willing to do the little thing? Because that's what God's looking at. Are you willing to do the thing that maybe no one else is willing to do? That's where it starts. That's where it all starts. It's willing to do the little thing. Sharing with a coworker. Talking to our neighbor. Well, I never talk to my neighbor. I just say hi to him. I'm, uh, I'm on my way to work. But are you willing to talk to him? Are you willing to help those in need around you? I wonder what would happen if we, like Paul, just simply listened to that still small voice of the Lord walking in the mall and just, you know, the Lord lays someone on your heart. Someone's sitting on a bench. Hey, why don't you just go talk to them for a minute? Oh, I don't know what I'd say. What would I say? What if they ask me something that I don't know the answer to it? I'll, I'll look like an idiot. So we miss the opportunity. And we don't even know what could have happened there because we never, we never did anything. But what would I say? Well, maybe you could just walk up and say, and just be honest, say, hi, how's it going? Uh, yes, uh, who are you? Strange person, why are you talking to me? Uh, it's like, hey, just wanted you to know I'm a Christian and I really felt God just laying on my heart to tell you that there's a God in heaven that loves you. That's just something little, just like that. And just be honest. And then how do you know if that person doesn't say, wow, that's so strange that you would come up and talk to me right now. I just lost my mother. And I was just sitting here kind of in a fog. Wow. The door opens up for ministry there. See, so you never know. And then maybe they just say, get away from me, you Jesus freak. I don't want to talk to you. Because that could happen too, right? But either way, God wanted to see if you were willing to do and listen to his voice. Because that person is going to stand before God one day and they're going to say, hey, I never knew all this was going to happen. Oh, yeah? You were at the mall sitting on a bench. I said someone right to you to talk to you. Remember that? Yeah. And what did you say? Get away from me, you Jesus freak. See, it's like there's a reason for everything to happen. But on your side, it's like, are you willing to be obedient to the little thing? Yes. One day when we listen to God in our heart, when we obey, then one day, it's going to be just like every other day, but one day, all of a sudden, something big happens. Something outrageous happens. Something like, wow, I I didn't even see that coming. And all of a sudden, you know, you're like me on an airplane on a commercial airlines that said, Lord, I don't want to sit next to a chatty patty, so Lord, make sure you don't sit me next to someone because I'm tired and I don't want to talk to anyone. So Lord, don't let me sit next to someone that wants to talk. So he puts me on a plane that nobody else is on. So I'm on a commercial flight and nobody else is on the plane, 
and the stewardess wants to talk to me. And I'm like, this is crazy. When's the last time you've flown commercially and you were the only person on the entire plane? Okay, it's not like that happens every day, okay? But it happened to me. And I started talking to that stewardess and an hour later, it was only from Sacramento to Ontario, but an hour later as we were landing, she was giving her life to Christ. I could have missed it. God's like, it's right here on a golden platter, but I could have missed it because I was tired. Poor baby, go take a nap. Okay, well, anyway, right when God was starting to do the outrageous, in steps the imposters, those who were pretending to be, you know, uh, of the same soul uh, with the Apostle Paul. See, they wanted a piece of the action, but they didn't want to do it God's way. So they wanted to do it their way, which brings up our second point, taking shortcuts. Let's read what happened in Acts 19, verse 13. But also some of the Jewish exorcists, ooh, the exorcists, you're the ones that go and cast out demons. Okay, really? And they went from place to place, and they attempted to name over those who had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So these are non-believers, but they watched Paul do it. So they're like, well, we're going to do the same thing that guy does. Well, we come to you in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? Oh, could you imagine a demon (laughs) saying that to you? Hey, who are you? Notice, they went from place to place. They were not grounded in any one church. There there was no accountability in their lives. Maybe this would describe someone listening here tonight or maybe online. And, And it's like, you just move around. Yet you're not really involved anywhere. You're kind of a church floater, you could say. Well, God wants you to get plugged in with one church, not being part of two, three, four churches. You know, and make that your home church. That way you can be involved. You can be part of that church. I've had several people that have come to core church and say, well, well, I go to this church and then I go to that church and then midweek I go to that church. And I'm like, well, where are you involved? Like, where do you serve at? Well, I'm not serving anywhere because I'm going to all these different places. Well, where do you tithe? Well, I kind of split it all up. I'm like, You know, why don't you, like, if this is not the place that you're getting fed, why don't you just go to the other place and get involved and become a servant and become part of that body of Christ? Stop hopping all around. If it's not here, that's fine, but go to wherever you're being ministered to the most. See, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to stimulate one another with love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see, is day drawing near. See, we need to become part of the body. We need to encourage one another. I was having lunch with one of the couples that go to church here. It was such a blessing because she was saying one of the things that was ministering to her as she was coming here and she was going to another church was 
you know, people started to kind of come around her and minister to her. And she goes, I just started feeling the love of Jesus. And I'm just like, wow, that is so cool. See, regardless if you're actually physically serving somewhere, you have such a place in the body here. You know, it's when the Bible study's over, you don't have to just race out the door. You can kind of... You know, take your time going out the door. Maybe you can encourage someone. Maybe, you know, you can just go, hi, how's it going? I've been seeing you here. I've been coming here for a while. Hey, is there anything I can pray for you on? I mean, do you realize how much of a word of encouragement that is to someone? It's such a blessing when I see, you know, people kind of start to meet each other and all of a sudden they become buddies. They become friends. And it's just such a blessing, you know, right? And, and you, all of a sudden, you know, you start to get to know other people, but what a blessing it is. I mean, have you ever been just bummed out and, and then just someone just texts you out of nowhere, hey, praying for you. I mean, it's not like it happens every day, but when it does, especially when you're needing prayer and God laid you on someone else's heart, what a complete and a total blessing that is. That's how God moves. He uses people to minister to people. When's the last time that God ripped open the heavens and went down and grabbed you and did something for you with his hands right out of heaven? That's not how he works. He works through people to people. And it's a blessing when God works through someone into your life. If you've ever had that happen to you, then that's great. But have you ever done it to someone else? And maybe, just maybe, God's waiting for you to be that vessel before that vessel comes to you. Maybe he wants you to do that thing first. But again, that's how God moves. He wants us to be faithful in the little things here. But where are those people that church hop, church hop, church hop, always looking to be raised up? Where are they five years later? There was a guy at Harvest that, you know, he was massive involved, massive involved. And then, and then all of a sudden he got mad and he, and he was disgruntled and he shared it with me. He goes, you know, they just don't raise people up fast enough here. I'm going to this other church. And then he'd be gone for like six months. And then all of a sudden, he didn't get raised up over there. So then he came back. And then it was the same thing. He got plugged in again, started serving again, serving, serving. Then it's like he, he didn't get raised up fast enough. So he goes, I'm going to this other church. He did that like three times. And I mean, you know, over like the seven, eight-year period. Then finally, he came back after that third time and just hunkered down and just started serving. And now he works at Harvest, you know. But I mean, it's like, I wonder how much faster that would have happened if he would have never left in the first place. yes. You know, it's just not productive for the body of Christ at all. And I encourage all to get grounded, sit for a few months when they first come to this church so the church can get to know you and you can get to know the church and then you can see the opportunities to serve and then you can get involved. And because they've fellowshiped here for six months or a year and they see what's going on here, now it's time to get involved. But getting back to our posers here, they said to the demon, hey, come out of this guy in the name of Jesus that the apostle Paul preaches about. And and because there's so much power in the name of Jesus, the demon instantly came out of this person and the demon said, you know, I know Jesus Christ. We're running from him because he's promised to throw us all into the lake of fire one day. So, hey, we definitely know who Jesus is. And we know about this Paul because he's a son of the high calling of God, Christ Jesus. He's God's son. He's a servant of Jesus. But then the demon said to these guys, but who are you? 
And look at what happens next as we read in Acts 19, verse 16. It says, And the man in whom the evil spirit leaped on these brothers and subdued them all and overpowered them, and they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus, and the fear fell upon them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Wow. So this could have been a pay-per-view event, right? I mean, people would have paid to see this. I would have. Okay, imagine, you know, an octagon cage fight. This demon jumps on these seven young men and then ripped off all their clothes and they ran away naked. Think about the impact of this. But these guys wanted a shortcut. They wanted the power of God, but they weren't willing to follow God. They want to do it their way. Again, understand it doesn't work that way. You either know Jesus personally or you don't know him personally. You either have accepted him into your heart as your Lord and Savior or you haven't. You're either his son or his daughter or you're not. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789 Los Angeles, California 90034. 